Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Sports Ethos NBA DFS Today podcast. I am your host, Keith Cork, and I am joined, as I am every Saturday night, by my good friend, uh, new friend here, Mr. Lee Schwartz, who is uh, going to be joining me to break down a Sunday split slate with you guys, uh, early two-game slate and then a later five-game slate. Um, some good value here, Lee, that I'm liking early on. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of news that we got to stay on top of also, as there always is. Uh, but there's some good plays here. And uh, sorry I had to bail on you last Saturday, but uh, as we were saying before, the Bulls did win. So I guess that's my consolation prize, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was. Although it's tough to find a, a, a plan B when the star player you came to watch doesn't play, isn't it? Yeah, but you did great by yourself and uh, appreciate you, of course. And uh, yeah, I, I listened into that. It was some good content. But anyways, we are going to roll. We're going to keep things going for you guys. My uh, Jaden Hardy pivot tonight was uh, was very bad, so hopefully I can rebound from that. So it's a bit of a bounce back episode for me. Let's see if we can uh, right the ship here. But we do have that early two-game slate. A couple of games here. Uh, I don't know. I have a medium level of interest in this early two-game slate, Lee. I'm not 100% sure if I'm going to be playing it yet or not. Um I don't know. There's there's some stuff I like in here. Obviously, there's some big injury news that we have to be wary of, uh, which is Jason Tatum has already been ruled out for personal uh, reasons. Uh, not sure exactly what's going on there. I don't think it's been clarified quite yet. But uh, we do have a lot of you know Boston value that from you know from Tatum being out and all of his usage being divvied up among those guys. So that's the reason I have some interest in this slate. So let me just let's you know we don't bury the lead here. Let's talk about that Boston Orlando game. Who do you like on that Boston side since Tatum's not going to play? That's uh, funny. I didn't know Tatum was out till you just mentioned ah, it. And well, there you go. <laughs> one thing that I, I learned, like, looking at the slate as a whole, Tatum is 11000 Everybody else is rather cheap. So you're either deciding early on if you're going to play Tatum mm. and play some value guys or were you going to play mid-tier guys and you could play a lot of those. So now, certainly with Tatum out, yeah. the choice is obvious to play the mid-tier guys. and. Right. And uh, you don't really even need to find a ton of value on this slate, even though it's just a two-gamer. So, um, so obviously, uh, Jalen Brown going to be a much higher play now than it was before. Yeah, uh, he's always a good play, and uh, even when Tatum's there, Smart and Brogdon, you know, usually those guys are too up and down for me to want to play. They're just they're uh, priced at a price where they need to be consistently scoring about ten more fantasy points a game to be worth the value. Right. So I've been playing them a lot, but certainly now with with uh, Tatum out, I think they're right back in play. Right. And for value plays from Boston, you know, Tyon Moore is back. His minutes mm-hmm. are just slowly ramping up. He's only at 4,500, so he's certainly worth playing. And Horford missed a game, I think, this week for uh, – he had a kid. So uh, came back, played Friday's game, got tossed out of it. I'm not sure why. I didn't see it. <laughs> I didn't but see it. He only played about 18 minutes and scored 21 and a half fantasy points, so I think he's got some upward upside potential too. So he might be a worth the start here today as well. Yeah, I mean, I think anyone on Boston really is is worth playing here. Um, one guy that you did not mention that's still on my list here, uh, Lee, is Derek White, and I've actually got him starred. Um, and you know, he's I think you were saying Brogdon and, and Marcus Smart are kind of up and down. I think Derek White is definitely up and down. Like the floor could absolutely fall out from underneath him. Uh, so he is a, quite a risky play. But the thing is, his salary is only thirty nine hundred. So the risk there is like really not that high. Even if you strike out on that, you could still place 
in the money as long as you have some good you know picks around him. So he's really just a high upside pick that you're gonna you know go ahead and just lock into your lineup and hope that he you know gets 25 minutes or so and that he uh, you know hits some of his shots and gets a few blocks maybe uh, maybe a steal. Um, you know he's got the upside there to to go for you know 40 DK points, 35 DK points, something like that. But typically he's landing in that you know. 20-ish range, uh, which is fine. At that price point, that is a fine thing for him. So uh, I, w- I won't call that floor safe, but I think as long as he has a decent average game, that's what we're looking for is like 20-ish DK points at 3,900. Um, there's not a whole lot of uh, people on this slate that are that cheaply that I'm like really gravitating towards. So that's why I've got him starred as like the only guy under 4,000 that I'm willing to, to go with. But yeah, you mentioned Brogdon and Marcus Smart. I do have those guys here. I think Marcus Smart is the guy that I have least interest in. Uh, out of those two guys, because I do think Brogdon uh, is a little bit more steady than than uh, Smart is, but uh, I think the, uh, that also has to do with the price point because we're you know we're talking about forty nine hundred versus six thousand. So, um, but yeah, Jalen Brown is the lock here to me, uh, very clear to me. You're going to just lock him in. Why not? It, I mean. I guess if you're a large field GPP and you want to be super contrarian and Jalen Brown gets hurt early or something like that, then good job. Good on you. You probably win that or, you know, win some money there. Uh, but it's just a, a risk that I'm not willing to take. So uh, I think it's those are all good calls, Lee. On the uh, Orlando side of the ball, do you have any interest in any of those guys? Any uh, is in the eye of the beholder, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I don't see a lot of value with this Orlando team. I think Orlando has, has fallen into the same kind of uh, – space with a lot of NBA teams where they played their bench so much, those bench prices have come up to a value now right. that they're no longer values anymore, really. So I'm uh, usually the last person on the Paolo Benchero chain, but I think today would be a great day to play him, especially yeah. at 7,600. He's been by far the most reliable Magic player, and he is averaging 38 fantasy points a game at that price. Uh, Moritz Wagner, 5,900, not a bad play. Markel Fultz, as long as Suggs remains sidelined. I think the last two games, Fultz at 5,400 has averaged about 30 minutes and about 35 fantasy points. But I really don't see anybody on the Magic side uh, sub 5,000 that I'm really interested in playing today. Yeah, I really – I don't have anybody officially on my list. I was looking at Mo Wagner. You mentioned him. He was kind of like – I was like, mm, maybe. But then you, I thought about you know Robert Williams being back. And I'm just like, I just don't know if I can trust Mo Wagner against you know, Robert Williams and, and Al Horford. I just I just don't like that. Just on paper, that just doesn't make sense to me. So I'm probably fading the Orlando Magic, which is tough to do. On a, you have four teams to pick from, obviously, here. I think the, the one guy that you would roster, like you said, Paolo Boncaro. And I think he – I'm curious to see what his ownership is going to be. I think his ownership is going to be a little lower than some of the other guys on this slate. And so I think you you might have an advantage there if you do play Paolo and he ends up going you know, all for 25 points and you know six seven assists and you know 10 rebounds then you're really cooking with gas there. So yeah, and keep in mind too, it is the Celtics, typically a very good defensive team. Yeah, so that's the other reason that I uh, just don't like this Orlando Magic team. So I'm going to fade them. Uh, that's what my logic says here. Uh, but the New York Knicks and the Indiana Pacers, I have more interest in this game. Uh, well, not more, but I've got interest in this game uh, on the Indiana side. I have interest in Tyrese Halliburton at 9,200. I just always love to roster him. I think it's a fair price. Uh, I think he's one of the guys. Uh, well, obviously we have, we have no Jason Tatum, so you guys spend your money somewhere. And uh, Tyrese Halliburton kind of fits that bill for me. He's pretty safe value here. He does everything for the Pacers. So uh, I do like some Halliburton at 9,200 as the guy to pair with Jalen Brown. How about you? Yeah, honestly, especially with Tatum out, I think Halliburton might be the top play in the whole slate. At 9,200, going against Jalen Brunson, doesn't typically play, play great defense. 
Mm-hmm. You know, he scored he scored 45 fantasy points in four of his last five games, and I really look lately I've been really looking and focusing on guys that I think have 50 point potential, and I mm-hmm. think he's not only got he might have 50 plus potential today against mm-hmm. this Knicks team. So, you know, Mathurin at, at 5500, Miles yeah. Turner, Buddy Heald, I think they're priced about right. You know, both of those guys, Turner and Heald, have big upside, but they're also not terribly consistent for the price as well. Yeah, I do like uh, the one guy you mentioned there that I do have on my list also is Matherin. I do agree with you there that um, there's some, there's something to like there at 5,500. I think I think there's a little bit of uh, meat in the bone, for lack of a better term here, because uh, he can go off or uh, he has a high ceiling uh, and a relatively safe floor, honestly. He's getting the minutes. They're there. Uh, the Pacers play no defense, so it's a high pace. So um, I do think Matherin's a pretty safe bet, if you're asking me. Uh, on the other side of the ball, though, there is one Nick. Uh, that I really have a whole lot of interest in, and he's probably the same guy you got interested in, in Quentin Grimes at 4,800. Uh, I just feel like this is still a very, uh, very, very agreeable price tag here. He needs to probably be more like Mike, more like Matherin, more in the 5,500 price range here. So I just feel like that little bit of price cut there makes him a must roster to me because he's got just that price advantage that we're going to be able to fit some of these other guys like oh, Julius Randle or Jalen Brunson on your team. Yeah, Grimes is the only one I had down for a value play for that team, uh, for the Knicks. But I really do like R.J. Barrett. I think he's kind of finding his game right now. Mm-hmm. He's 6,900. He's played 35 or more minutes every game the last four games. Averaged over 45 fantasy points per game. Mm-hmm. So he's hitting over five times value the last four games. And, I, again, I think uh, Reddish being on the trading block or whatever he is, I think they really uh, kind of inserted R.J. Barrett. And as much as you can trust Thibodeau to stick to a lineup, I think Barrett is kind of entrenched now as that is that uh, the shooter on the team, and I do like because I always like Mitchell Robinson, 5200. You know, he rarely scores more than 30 fantasy points in a game, but he almost always scores you 25 for that 5200. Right. So he's certainly a great guy to throw in if you uh, don't see a lot of other value at center, or or if you just need that last guy to fill your lineup. Yeah, and um, just to be clarified, you know, this list that I'm giving, I don't have a whole lot of names on it, but these are just guys I think that are valuable. You're going to have to obviously have more than what I've got down. And so these filler guys, like you're mentioning, Mitchell Robinson, stuff like that, they're going to give you guaranteed 4X, probably 5X. Those are guys you want to fill around uh, the guys that are gonna give you, give, going to give you value. So, uh, so yeah, I like that Mitchell Robinson call. Yeah, the Knicks, man, they're, uh, you know, kudos to them. Uh, did not believe in them to start the season, but they're on a six-game win streak now. Potential here because they've got pretty weak opponents for the next four games going on a 10-game 10, 10 win streak, and uh, R.J. Barrett's been a big part of that. So I like that R.J. Barrett call a whole lot. So, uh, But anyways, moving on, let's go ahead and move on to the five-game uh, main slate. But before I do, I do want to tell you guys a little bit about our DFS pass here. Uh, it is $4.99 a month. You guys can still get it for that price. You guys should go get it. You should get in that Discord and talk to us. We're starting to get jamming in there and getting people you know, riled up and talking about what's going on up to the lock. So get in there, chat with us. We want to grow that team. Grow, grow people that are you know having that DFS pass and talking to us because we want to help you guys win your DFS lineups. Uh, and we can do that. Just get that DFS pass at sportsethos.com. But, okay, the five-game main slate, Lee, uh, we've got for this one uh, quite a bit of injury news. And I did take this down maybe two or three hours ago, so I apologize if this is out of date. It'll probably be out of date by the time people listen to this anyways. But Anthony Davis is out with a foot uh, injury. He was questionable earlier, and they just ruled him out recently, actually. Uh, Steph Curry is out, of course, uh, with that shoulder injury. That was not necessarily new news, but I just wanted to re-mention it here. Uh, Dreamond is probable for this one, so he's probably going to be back in the lineup. So you guys know. So no more Camino for you guys. Uh, Bradley Beal, questionable with the hamstring injury, but his return is, is imminent. He was questionable, maybe going to play in 
that last one. So I'm thinking that I'm leaning more towards him being probable in this one. So we'll have to keep our eye on that one. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, questionable with a knee injury. Gobert, also questionable with an ankle injury, which is, uh, those are two big ones, obviously. Uh, Gary Trent Jr. is questionable with a quad injury. We've got P.J. Washington on the Hornets, uh, questionable with a personal uh, absence of some kind. Not sure what that is. Io DeSumo, uh, you got to mention this here for my Bulls. He is probable and returning. So, honestly, uh, just to tell you off right off the bat, I'm probably not playing any of those guards, uh, you know, Dragic, uh, Io DeSumo, or Kobe White, because they're just they're all going to get 20, 25 minutes, and I just don't see a whole lot of value there. I think you could. Uh, we can talk about it. We can talk about it. But anyways, let's move on, Lee. Let's talk about these games here, because uh, I've got interest in most of them, I would say. Uh, let's start here, though, with Denver and the Charlotte Hornets. And I'm actually going to pull up these spreads here uh, to talk about that if I have them. Uh, we do have a spread for this one. We have an eight-point spread in favor of the Nuggets against the Hornets, which makes sense. Uh, 237.5 game total. So that's a pretty big one, especially for a Nuggets game. Nikola Jokic, pricey guy. Uh, I think he's 12000 if I want, if I recall correctly. Are we rostering him at 12000 <laughs> Yeah, you know, the pricing for the entire Nuggets team is pretty funny on DK because it's Jokic at 12000 as you said, which is the highest price on the entire slate. And nobody else on the entire roster for the Nuggets is above 7000 So yeah. uh, it's really crazy. Like I said, Jokic is, is, is uh, probably a, a good play for tonight. Even at 12000 mm-hmm. he's been hitting five times value. He's been dominating lately. He scored over 58 fantasy points in each of the last four games, and twice in those last four games he's hit 80 fantasy points. So, like, like bad Christmas music, Jokic seems to be back. Uh, <laughs> definitely in play tonight. Certainly Jamal Murray, I think, is another one that certainly strong consideration. He seems like he's back from his injury and and playing well again. And the uh, the Nuggets, though, again, uh, strangely, as many guys as they have below 7,000, I don't see a lot of value there. The only Consistent value play I could see tonight from uh, the Nuggets might be Bones Highland again. And at 5,100, yeah. he's not a true value play, but you know, he's been playing He's been playing 25, 30 minutes per game, averaging mm-hmm. about 35 fantasy points. So, you know, he can be uh, as, he can be as uh, volatile as expired eggnog, but he's uh, <laughs> might be a good play tonight. <laughs> no, I like that. Uh, yeah, expired eggnog. Uh, ugh, gross. Uh, anyways, no, I like that, though, because Bones just came off a dud. And, of course, you know, anytime a guy's coming off a dud, keeps their ownership down a little bit more. So uh, I do like that call a lot. Uh, I do have Bones Highland on my list here. I do have a couple other guys here that, like you said, they're all they're, they're not cheap, but they're all around that, like, 5000 4000 price range. And I do have some interest in some of those guys here just from the nature of this of this uh, matchup. Because, like, you know, I'm looking at this game total, 237.5. Normally in a Nuggets game, you're seeing, like, 220s um, just because this Nuggets team, they have Jokic, so they're able to slow down and play in the half court and slow the pace a little bit. And that's why usually the, their games end up a little bit lower scoring. But with this, you know, this uh, total being up a little bit, I'm thinking, you know, this is probably a good game script here to take one of those guys that's sub 7,000. Uh, so I do like Bruce Brown at 5,300. Mm-hmm. I do think, you know, without Michael Porter Jr., he's got a solid role. He's got a pretty solid floor. He, he contributes across the board. He hasn't had one of those big games in a Nuggets uniform yet like he had with the with the Nats last season. Uh, but I still think that he's got a very decent floor. He's not just not necessarily a high ceiling play on this particular team. Uh, one guy that I think does 
does have a high ceiling, though, and a pretty low floor, uh, so a bit of a hit-or-miss type play, is uh, Contavious Caldwell-Pope. And I think he's going to get overlooked by a whole lot of people. But 4100 I feel like that's a very fair price uh, for a guy that could you know, quite literally score 20 points, real-life points in a, in a basketball game, especially against a team like the Charlotte Hornets. So uh, I do like me some KCP at 4100 uh, But like you said, Lee, there is no guarantees on any of these guys. This is kind of taking a stab. I wouldn't say in the dark, but it's kind of taking a stab here uh, at these guys and, and hoping that it hits. So uh, I wouldn't call this guaranteed value. I think of those three guys that I, you know, we mentioned here, Bruce Brown, Bones Highland, KCP, Bones Highland is probably the safest one out of those three. So I agree with you there. Uh, on the other side of the ball, though, um, faded him last time. It was really stupid of me. I should not have done it. But LaMelo Ball, 8,500. Got to have interest in this guy. He was on a monster tear. Uh, I actually went with Jordan Poole over him, which was $200 cheap, uh, more expensive. It ended up being okay for me. He, Jordan Poole only scored two less points than him. But the reason for that being that the uh, Hornets you guys just got blown out and uh, and LaMelo ended up sitting that fourth quarter. Uh, if he played those fourth quarter minutes, he probably would have managed about 50 DK points or maybe even 55 DK points. So uh, tremendous upside at 8,500. I think I've got to play this guy in my lineups. Yeah, and like you, I could have used that fourth quarter the other night. Uh, I had him in all my lineups as well. Yeah, I think the biggest thing with the Hornets that you need to know is that Gordon Hayward's back. You know, mm-hmm. and after uh, missing three weeks, he's going to be part of that front court rotation. And as a result, you know, I was kind of taking a close look at Ubre. Ubre has been on fire lately and really been um, a very easy guy to play. But in uh, Friday night's game with Hayward back, Ubre played ten less minutes and he scored ten less fantasy points as a result. So I'm a little bit worried about Ubre's uh, play and just a matter of one of those deals again where uh, Ubre had a lot more value when Hayward was not in the lineup. So my core play for this uh, matchup would be probably Mason Plumley. It seems like I go to Mason Plumley a lot, but <laughs> he's uh, priced at still only 6300 In the last 10 days, he's averaged about 33 fantasy points per game. One caveat with that, though, uh, is Nick Richards played – quite a bit off the bench the other night. And uh, this is even with Plumlee in the lineup. Richard put up 33 fantasy points. So he did that in just 23 minutes. Maybe it's a fluke. Maybe, though, it's uh, maybe a trend of, of moving Richards a little bit more into the rotation. Yeah, it's uh, it's possible. You know, those guys, they've been splitting minutes, so it's been hard for me to determine which one to roster on any given night. And they are going against Jokic here, so I feel like they're going to have their hands full on the defensive yeah. end for sure. So I'm not, you know not super high on those guys, but I do think those guys are going to stay on the floor because they're going to need somebody to guard Jokic. So uh, not, not bad plays at all, for sure. Um, all right, let's move on though. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about the, uh, let's go ahead and talk about my, man, I don't even want to call them mine anymore. I'm, I want to disown them. No, that's <laughs> not true. I'm always going to be a Bulls fan until I die, but Chicago Bulls, Minnesota Timberwolves. Let's talk about that. Cause I do have a whole lot of interest in this game. Uh, the Bulls are just an absolute mess on the defensive end. So I've got most of my interest on the Wolves side, but I do have some some Bulls on my uh, my thing here too. But on the Wolves side, though, I still have interest in Anthony Edwards at 9,000. I think it's a um, beginning to be a hefty price tag. But with this with this matchup here, with the Bulls just being absolutely terrible at defensive rotations and, and guarding anybody at the rim and, and, and you know in the paint, uh, I think Anthony Edwards especially if there's no Gobert in the lineup, I think this is uh, absolutely going to be a good spot for him again. And so I need to keep going to him until he gets that 9,500 or so range. Um, how do you feel about Anthony Edwards? And do you have any other Wolves on your uh, on your lineup card there? 
Yeah, I think, you know, like the Minnesota Vikings, if you watch that game today, it was pretty interesting. Uh, the Wolves seem really good at playing down to the level of their opponents. And so, <laughs> you know, Carl Anthony Towns has been out for a while, remains out tonight. Gobert sat out Friday's game. you think he'd be fresh, but he does have an ankle injury. So we'll see if he's able to play on Sunday. Uh, as you said, D'Angelo Russell, also questionable. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big Anthony Edwards fan. I just, uh, I don't know. Uh, I always just seem to find better value at a thousand dollars less other places with him. Uh, he's been averaging about 42 fantasy points per game though, the last 10 games. So certainly that's a, a worthwhile start in most cases. In the last five games, Gobert has put up nothing but games that Timberwolves fans should be proud of. So, you know, his price tag is super affordable at 7,500 mm. and I probably will have Gobert in all my lineups tonight, to be honest. Mm. Uh, got lucky the other night by, uh, by rostering Nas Reed in mm. Gobert's absence, and that certainly paid off handsomely. I think oh, yeah. Nas, I think he got close to a 50, if I remember. So, yeah. uh, you know, he played. Uh, he had 28 actual points. Nas Reed did on the other night, with, and he did have 50 fantasy points. Even with Gobert back, with Cat out, I think Reed's been a good play. He hasn't been terribly consistent, but he's got this big ceiling every single night, just like he mm-hmm. showed off on Friday night. Yeah, yeah. If uh, if Gobert is out for this one with that ankle injury, I definitely think Nasri is a smash. So at 4600, I'm definitely going to get him in my lineups. I've been a huge fan of Nasri. I've been asking them to free that guy uh, for for years at this point. But you know he's playing behind Carl Anthony Towns, and now he's playing behind Rudy Gobert. So it's a tough road for him. But if those guys are both out. Uh, yeah, I think 4600 is, is a very fair price for him. I've also got Jalen Noel uh, here uh, at 4900 This is assuming that, you know, D'Angelo Russell's out, uh, maybe a few minutes, a few more minutes there for him. But, you know, he'll be going against the Bulls bench. And, you know, let me be honest, you know, uh, you're looking at the Bulls bench and we've got Caruso starting now. Uh, Bulls bench, you've got Dragic and you've got, you know, uh, Kobe White playing basically the backcourt minutes there. And those guys are just not very good defensively. So, uh, uh, you know, a backup six-man type guy can absolutely go off against this Bulls team. So uh, I do think Jalen Noel is a little bit under-the-radar type guy that a lot of people won't have on their rosters. But I think at 4900 it's a very fair price for him. I've also got some interest in Jaden McDaniels at 4500 This is the kind of prototypical guy that just usually crushes the Bulls for whatever reason. Just like a lanky guy that can shoot a bit. And uh, yeah, I think I think he could be in for a big game. This is a it, this would be though if I'm making multiple lineups. I don't think this is solid value. I think this is just me like going with the gut feeling here. So uh, take that for what it's worth, everybody. But on the Bulls side though, I will say I do have interest in Demar Derozan. Like he said, the Wolves play to their opponent's ability basically, and they every game with the Wolves seems to be close, going to near overtime every single time. And that's the same case with the Bulls. The Bulls, for whatever reason just stay in games and then decide to lose them at the end of them. Uh, and that's just kind of what's happened all season long. So I'm expecting the same kind of thing here. Uh, but if it's going to be a close game, DeMar DeRozan, 35 minutes, 38 minutes, something in that in that ballpark. And, you know, we all know that when he's on the floor, he is absolutely the offensive engine for the Chicago Bulls. And he's playing against a pretty weak, honestly, Minnesota Timberwolves defense. So um, I do like this matchup for him. 8,200 seems like a fair price. And then the last bowl I'll throw out there, uh, and I've been throwing him out for a little while here. He's been on a, on a tear recently. Well, a tear in DFS, not in real life. In real life, you'll probably just forget about him. But Patrick Williams at 3,900. Uh, he's been producing pretty much 20 to 25 DK points on the regular uh, every single night and been playing very well, to be honest with you guys. He's uh, doing the things he needs to do as uh, kind of an off-ball type 
power forward type guy. Uh, been getting you know ball the, the ball in the post more. So I'm liking what I'm seeing out of Patrick Williams. He's getting a little bit a few more touches. Not afraid to shoot that three pointer. So 3900 seems like a fair price to me. You have any interest in some Bullsley? Yeah, I don't have a whole lot to add, but certainly DeRozan, Levine, and Vucevic are always, you know, they're all in that seven to $8,000 range on DK, all very playable at that price. They're all, they're all, you know, nice plays, let's put it that way, on any mm-hmm. given night. Uh, they've all got ceiling game potential, and they all have fairly high floors. So, I, like I said, I'm fine with all three of those guys, and uh, certainly not all three at the same time, but I'd, yeah. wouldn't, I'd be fine with any two of them in your lineup on any given night. Dosunum is back. It kind of limits the upside for a lot of the Bulls guards. It's just one mm. more guard in the mix, and so that worries me a little bit on there. It's funny you mentioned Patrick Williams because he's in my notes as well, and yeah. you know, he's mm-hmm. not playing big minutes like he was a little bit earlier this year, but he's a good dart play at 3,900, and like you talked about with McDaniels, the Bulls tend to make guys like that look good. The yeah. Timberwolves tend to make guys like Patrick <laughs> Williams look really good too. So There you go. Stack those two guys because we just you just heard it here first. So if, if that happens, you have to give us all the money you win. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. But, uh, all right, one last game I want to talk about. There's a few other games on the slate here, but the last game I really have a lot of interest in here, Lee, is the Lakers and the Washington Wizards, which is kind of strange because I'm always fading the Wizards. Uh, but all my interest is on the Lakers' side, so go figure uh but uh you know we're not we're not sure yet about bradley beal's uh status so on that wizard side there could be some value plays that open up later um, you know obviously we've been playing denny avija uh recently we've been playing uh kyle kuzma here and there so uh those guys are definitely in play obviously if beal's out but on the lakers side you know anthony davis uh has already been ruled out and so we've got lebron james sitting at ten thousand. i think this is a smash smash salary for this guy that's going to uh, assuming, because uh, the Wizards aren't a very good basketball team, the Lakers are still looking to win games. They don't really have any other choice besides trying to win games this season. So I think LBJ at 10,000 makes a whole lot of sense to me. How about you? Yeah, uh, you know, with there's only, I think, uh, four guys on this slate that are over $10,000 tonight. Only four healthy guys, at least. And LeBron's one of them. But he's only he's only at ten thousand, so he's at the minimum of the of the stars price. So he's averaging fifty fantasy points per game for the season. He's a solid bet for fifty five tonight against Porzingis and otherwise weak Wizards front court. And like you said, with AD out, you kind of want to smash LeBron as much as you can. The other guys that kind of benefit from AD being out are Thomas Bryant and Damian yeah. Jones. They pick up those minutes. But you know, where have you gone, JaVale McGee? Don't they wish they kind of had him back now right now? <laughs> you know, Of all the teams that should know they need a backup center, you think it'd be the Lakers. So mm-hmm. Bryant of those two would be my play. He's at 4,000, so he's mm-hmm. almost minimum for DK. Uh, the other night, Friday night, Bryant got 20, played 24 minutes, got 34 fantasy points. So he had a the kind of game you'd hope for if you roster him tonight. Everybody else on the Lakers bench, uh, just coal in your Christmas stocking as far as I'm concerned. They, uh, <laughs> you know, there's guys like Pat Bev that used to be able to count on for three to four thousand, and he just isn't doing a thing this year. No stop, no steals, no blocks, which he kind of hung his hat on. And there's a lot of other guys uh, on that Lakers bench that seem to have potential, but just aren't even when they get minutes, aren't producing. Yeah. No, you're right about that. It's hard at this point to judge what the Lakers are going to do. I think they're experimenting with with rotations because they're just trying to win basketball games. Not working yet, but uh, we'll see how that goes. They, they did beat the, the Nuggets last night, so uh, we'll see how that goes. But uh, no, one guy uh, of that hodgepodge, though, that, that did jump out to me just because we were rostering him earlier in the season and he was just crushing it for us. And he's still getting a, a fair share of minutes is Lonnie Walker at 3,900. So I do have some interest there because if he gets hot, he's got a very high ceiling. 
So that's something to, you know, again, this is a GPP only type play. I wouldn't play it in cash, but I think, you know, um, if you're looking for that high upside ceiling type play under 4,000, again, there's not a whole lot of people here on the slate that I like in that range. So Lonnie Walker was the one guy that crept in for me. Um, so there's two other games here I don't believe we touched on, uh, Brooklyn and Detroit and Toronto and Golden State. Uh, do you have any plays for, for those? Yeah, on the Wizards side of that, that game oh, we're talking right. about, too. So, you know, it seems like the Wizards are dealing with the starter being out almost every single night. So they yeah. do occasionally give you some value. Kyle Kuzma revenge narrative, if you want to go down that route for against the Lakers. But at 8,900, Kuzma is not really hitting value very often, even when Beal's or not playing. Or an addition, since they supposedly want to trade for him now. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, that's right. The only value I really see on the Wizards side of the ball is, is Gafford. You know, he's... Yeah. Uh, he seemed, all he really needs, seems to need, like a lot of guys in the NBA, is just some minutes. I and mean, whenever he plays over 20, he seems to get into the 20 for fantasy points. So uh, 4,300, he's a decent play if there's any extra minutes to be had. Which game did you want to go to next? Uh, I was going to say Toronto, Golden State, or Brooklyn, Detroit. Do you have any plays in those games? Who, uh, what do you, who do you like in those games? Just tell me that. I really like Fred Van Vliet. You know, I think he's kind of back. He struggled with his shot for quite a while, weeks, in yeah. fact. Uh, but he seems like he's he's ready to go off again. The other night he went 14 for 24, scored a whopping 56 fantasy points. And that's coming off a game the night before we scored 66 fantasy points. So even at $8,300, I still like Fred Van Vliet. Uh, not a lot of value on that team either. One, I think my number one value play of the night, though, would be Jalen Duran. He's now starting. He's had back-to-back 37, 38 fantasy point games. And there's no reason to think this Nets front court is really going to slow him down. So... If the Pistons need a big man, uh, need a go-to big man, and I think Jalen Duran is becoming that guy. Yeah, he's been on the upswing. And, uh, if you guys follow our uh, fantasy pass experts like Dan Bespris, he's been telling you to pick him up for weeks at this point. So uh, you should go do that if you haven't yet. Uh, but, yeah, I do like that for DFS. He is somebody to definitely keep in mind. Uh, okay, but we are going to move on, though, to the Thrive Fantasy Plays. If you guys aren't on Thrive Fantasy, go get it. It is uh, you, There's 20 different player props. You pick 10 of them. The guy with the most points at the end of the night is going to win a share of the nightly prize money and it's a whole lot use the promo code ethos uh to get a deposit match bonus up to 250 bucks come play with me come play with lee come play with all of us here and uh and win some money so uh, i've got five of these that i like here uh out of these i think 20 it is uh player props here lee uh how many did you end up with I've got four. We'll see how many we had the same. Huh? <laughs> All right. So I'll uh, yeah I'll start. Uh, hopefully I, I'll, I messed up too much on your toes. But uh, this one we probably we probably both have this one. I think maybe maybe we'll see. Uh, Kyrie Irving over 3.5 assists and that's 80 points against the Detroit Pistons. Uh, just seems like easy money to me. I mean I, I played him actually in real life over I think it was 4.5 assists last game. Uh, I don't know why they're setting these so low. I mean I do kind of get why they're setting these so low. But at the same time, these are just so low. They're such, they're such low numbers. I just think Kyrie's going to hit that four uh, assists, especially against a weak, a weak um, uh, backcourt defense like Detroit. Yeah, I have Kyrie on here as well. Uh, doesn't it just seem easy for any point guard playing 30 minutes to get four assists? It just, yeah. you know, it should be easy for Kyrie tonight too. He's been, he's been over that number for the last five games, and it is the Pistons. Yeah. So what, what else you got? Uh, Kevin Durant, same game, over 27.5 actual points for 95 mm-hmm. points on uh, Thrive. He's been over this total five straight games. He's been averaging almost 30 points per game all year. And I just, again, don't see this Pistons team slowing him down at all. 27.5 for Kevin Durant getting to 30 tonight doesn't seem like a stretch at all. So, 
Um, I've got one here that you probably don't have, Lee. This is probably one that people are not going to necessarily all be on. Uh, I've got Pascal Siakam over 33.5 points and rebounds uh, against the Golden State Warriors. Um, you know, Warriors, their season is in jeopardy. Let's say it that Let's Let's put it that way. Uh, no Steph Curry probably for about a month, three or four weeks probably. Um, and they're already on a pretty rough, uh, you know, record there. Um, I just don't see them turning this around quickly. It's going to be tough for them to rebound, I think. Uh, even when Steph was, you know, healthy, they haven't been super impressive. But anyways, this specific game, I think Pascal, uh, you know, against a, a Warriors team that's looking to kind of develop their young guys at this point a little bit more. Uh, I think that they're, I think he's going to go off. I think he's going to have a really good game. Uh, so I do I think he's a sneaky DFS play, too. I have some other guys I have more interest in, which I already mentioned. But uh, 33.5 points and rebounds. It's not a, uh, a an easy number to get, but I think it's a achievable number for Pascal in this uh, specific scenario. Yeah, same game for me. I have Jordan Poole over 29.5 points and assists for 100 points. His, his pool seems – you've got Curry out, you've got Wiggins out, Clay Thompson's been in and out, Draymond's been out. Even if some of those guys are back, it feels like Jordan Poole is now kind of taking over that offense. He's going to be leading that offense for a month mm-hmm. with Curry out. I think he's got just enough games now under his belt with Curry out to kind of find his lane, so to speak. So I really think with those two, with all the guys they have missing time, I think Poole's finally finding his place. And 29.5 points and assists seems like a number that he should be able to hit tonight. Fair enough. Yeah, I was looking at that one, too. I was like, mm, should I do it? I don't know. Uh, Toronto is a tough defensive team, but I like it, though. I still like it. Uh, Anthony Edwards, over 39.5 points, rebounds, and assists. This is probably not one you have either, Lee, based on your comments earlier. But uh, I do like it. Again, Bulls, my Bulls, bad defensively, total lapses, bad rotations, uh, just a really bad vibe going on right now in that team. So I, I like for the Wolves to win this game here. I think it's going to be a close game. Uh, again, Anthony Edwards has been shining without Anthony Towns to clog up that lane for him. So uh, I do think he goes off for, you know, 25, 26, 27 points, uh, probably gets, you know, eight, nine rebounds. So uh, doesn't have to get him very many assists here to go ahead and hit that for us. So 39.5 points, rebounds, assists, and that's plus odds there. It gets you 105 points. So I like that one. You got another one there, Lee? Yeah, my last one, Fred Van Vliet. Uh, same game again as we talked about with that Toronto Golden State game, but uh, over wh- over half a steal. It just seems like yeah, this should seem more obvious, but it's not as obvious as you think it would be. Uh, but it does feel like, again, Van Vliet's kind of finding his game. He's been over this total. He's, he's had a steal in four of his last five games. Uh, and like I said, I just feel like Van Vliet's really coming around, finding his game, and, and ready to take over that Toronto offense. Uh, and certainly finding a, a half a steal against a, a kind of a a, a uh, very much a changing front court for, or excuse me, a back court for uh, Golden State seems like a, a you should be able to find a steal in there somewhere. Yeah, I agree definitely. Uh, let's uh, let's go to Lamelo Ball though, over 6.5 assists. And this is against Denver. Uh, you know, I do think this is going to be a closer game than people think. I mean, it's only eight-point spread, according to Vegas. So uh, I think it's going to be close enough. And, again, I'm, out, I'm all over LaMelo. He's looked good since he's come back from that injury. Uh, what's he playing for? <laughs> Who knows? He's playing for just putting up stats at this point. That's kind of my you know guessing here. That's kind of my my theory. So we're going to test that out. Over 6.5 assists against Denver. And then the last one I've got is that same game here. I've got on the other side of the ball, Jokic. Over 46.5 points, rebounds, and assists, and that's 105 points. It's a big number. Uh, but Charlotte Hornets against the, the center position, 
have been bad all season. It's been one of those things that we've, you know, attacked and they've uh, they've given up points and, and rebounds galore to that center position. And Jokic obviously is the driving force of this Denver Nuggets team. They just dropped a really bad loss against the Lakers where they were up by 10, I think it was, going into the fourth and then end up losing by 20. So bad, bad swing for that Denver team. I'm looking for them to bounce back here and just kind of punch these uh, these uh, <laughs> Hornets in the mouth here a little bit. But uh, I think it's, gonna, it's still going to be a close game. And uh, so Jokic is still going to be on in the fourth quarter yeah lamello even no matter how the team is doing is always playing for the ball brand and for yeah. the, the family name and it's for his dad right so yeah he's he's got his motivations and that's fine uh his team's not going to be winning many basketball games so that's okay <laughs> anyways that's going to do it for us guys that is your thrive fantasy and DraftKings plays for sunday uh the 18th of december and i am keith cork you can find me on twitter at at bsbp keith and lee where can people find you on twitter at lee from fargo Go follow us, guys, and also wherever you're listening, like and subscribe. Listen to the show. We need you. We need your ears. Uh, you know, go get those MyBookie ads into your ears so that we can keep getting them because <laughs> we will keep getting them. But anyways, have a fun night, everybody. Go win some money in those Sunday uh, DFS slates. And until next time, uh, yeah, get that money. <laughs>